corrupted nerds ensconced in the twilight of their bedroom, whether it be in Paris, Singapore, Lagos, Bucharest, or indeed even Sydney. And from Sydney, welcome to a Corrupted Nerds Extra. I'm Stilgerian. Today, the full Corrupted Nerds speech, as I call it, by Queensland Liberal Party Senator Brent Mason. It's routine stuff from August 2012 about the Cybercrime Legislation Amendment Bill, but this is what senators do. Acting Deputy President, thank you. Thank you for the call in the nick of time. Um, <laughs> Acting Deputy President, the Cybercrime Legislation Amendment Bill 2011 essentially amends a number of acts, including the Mutual Assistance in Criminal Matters Act 1987 and the Telecommunications Act 1997 to ensure that Australian legislation is compliant with the requirements of the Council of the Europe Convention on Cybercrime in order to facilitate Australia's accession to that convention. Acting Deputy President, you will be aware that on several occasions I've spoken on bills that impact or indeed potentially impact on the privacy of citizens. And I'll do so today, but first make a few pre preliminary observations if I might. And I note too in passing uh, Senator Ludlam's remarks before about threats to privacy that are emerging in the context of uh, national security. And he's quite right to suggest that the Liberal Party in particular, but indeed, indeed no parliamentarian, can escape that debate. The Liberal Party, as the good Senator reminded uh, us, reminded the Senate, indeed particularly the Liberal Party, was founded on the, on the, on the, the balance uh, of power between the state and the individual. And he's quite right to suggest that in the past, the resolution of that debate, the, re the resolution of that balance, the resolution of that tension has generally fallen for the Liberal Party toward the individual. And, and, and that, will that will be a debate that we will have to uh, pursue and debate in earnest, no doubt, in the future. Because it's quite a, it's a significant, it's not just a debating point, it actually defines the role and the relationship of citizens in this country to the state and to the government. So it's a huge issue and it's a very important one and I acknowledge uh, Senator Ludlam's uh, eloquent contribution. Acting Deputy President, the Council of Europe Convention on Cybercrime is the first significant international attempt to coordinate law enforcement pertaining to crimes committed using computers and the internet. Sadly, uh, perhaps the fastest expanding area of criminal activity, which ranges from, from Nigerian scams perpetrated by teenagers from internet cafes right throughout Africa to professional hacking jobs directed at major financial institutions. In addition to computer-related fraud and, indeed, violations of, of network security, the Convention also addresses issues such as copyright infringement and, of course, uh, as Senator Polly mentioned, child pornography. Globalisation of the economy and globalisation of culture has also brought about the globalisation of crime. That's been the result. Mobile devices, computers, uh, networks and satellites that link us all and enable us to connect to each other and indeed transmit ideas to each other, products and money around the world in the blink of an eye also enable criminals to do just the same. They also provide criminals with rich opportunities to take advantage of others. 
In a global village, Acting Deputy President, all crime can be local too. All crime can be local. Even if it's perpetrated not by armed thugs straight out of gangster movies, but by some corrupted nerds ensconced in the twilight of their bedroom, whether it be in Paris, Singapore, Lagos, um, Bucharest, or indeed even Sydney. With these new realities in mind, the Bill, among other provisions, requires carriers and carriage service providers to preserve communications and data for specific persons when requested by Australian law enforcement authorities, even if this request is on behalf of foreign law enforcement authorities. This ensures that these authorities can obtain and disclose this stored information for the purposes of investigation. With these new powers, however, uh, Acting Deputy President, come vast new responsibilities. While the Convention seeks to control cybercrime, it, it does also allow for the safeguarding of rights. Article 15 states that human rights must continue to be upheld and enforcement powers and procedures under the Convention must respect the right to free expression, the right to access information, the right to privacy and other similar rights. Despite these guarantees, the Convention did create some disquiet, I think it's fair to say, both overseas and indeed here in Australia, particularly among privacy advocates. And I think Senator Ludlam has, has um, indicated that indeed this evening. It's not surprising, as the Convention and the Bill, which gives it effect in Australia, seeks to expand the powers of both the law enforcement and the intelligence agencies to, to access, to gather and to share people's private data and indeed their private communications. For example, the Law Council submitted that the new section 180F in the Telecommunications Interception and Access Act 1979 is inadequate to safeguard personal privacy. That was their submission. That was their contention. The proposed section 180F merely asks that an authorising officer have regard to privacy impacts. The Law Council rightly submitted that this could be satisfied by merely ticking a box on a form. So the Law Council submitted the following to be inserted in the bill. This was their submission, Acting Deputy President. They submitted, before making an authorisation, an authorised officer must be satisfied on reasonable grounds that the likely benefit to the investigation which would result from the disclosure substantially outweighs, substantially outweighs the extent to which the disclosure is likely to interfere with the privacy of any person or persons. The Australian Privacy Foundation, in their submission, had a more general complaint. They submitted, as currently drafted, the bill doesn't specifically differentiate between traffic and content data and instead merely refers to stored communications, which is in fact not defined. The use of this phrase is unnecessarily broad and increases the scope for unwarranted privacy intrusions into personal communications where preservation and disclosure of traffic data alone could be sufficient in terms of an ongoing investigation. That was a submission of the Australian Privacy Foundation. It also has to be noted 
acting deputy president, that the bill leaves it to the Attorney General to decide whether to assist foreign law enforcement agencies where the offence committed carries the death penalty in the country concerned. The Joint Select Committee on Cyber Safety recommended that the Attorney General should make such a decision jointly with the Minister for Home Affairs and Justice and that these decisions should, of course, be registered. Now, Deputy President, I hope uh, that the Attorney General will exercise uh, her powers uh, wisely and carefully, and I'm sure she would. So far, all the signatories to the Convention, most of them European countries, are democracies with, let's face it, very reasonable protections of human rights. I think that's fair to say. It's perhaps unlikely that any dictatorship and gross human, human right violators will at any point in the near future decide to bind themselves to the Convention. However, should that happen, we wouldn't want to see Australian law enforcement agencies having to play a part in enforcing the Convention at the behest of foreign authorities who are using cybercrime laws to in fact quash domestic political dissent. I don't think anyone in the Senate would want to see that. While this may sound like an unlikely and indeed even a, a far-fetched scenario, we should non nonetheless keep such possibilities in mind. Contrary, Acting Deputy President, to some very enthusiastic um, uh, overclaims or overenthusiastic claims, I believe that developments in information technology will not, will not necessarily lead us to some cyber utopia. I don't believe it necessarily will. Information technology, just, just like any other technology, is neither intrinsically good nor bad. It's essentially neutral. Whether it is put to good or bad use is a matter of human intent. Certainly mobile devices, internet, fast and cheap connections have empowered the individual. That much is true. But also, Acting Deputy President, that technology has also empowered the state. It's also empowered the state and surveillance. For every instance where oppressed peoples mobilise themselves and the world opinion through Twitter, uh, through Facebook and YouTube, there is another instance of a government which uses essentially the same technologies to increase its powers of surveillance and control over its own people. We've seen this recently, Acting Deputy President, haven't we, both in the People's Republic of China in the recent past and I think also during the Arab Spring. I don't think I'm overstating it. I think it's fair to say those technologies can be used both by uh, uh, advocates of, uh, of democracy and also by authorities seeking to quash dissent. Technology can be used both ways. Under our constitution, the parliament has the power to determine the rights of Australian citizens. This places an enormous burden on members of parliament to be diligent and cautious whenever legislation is introduced that looks to curtail the rights of Australians. This is the case even where it's thought necessary to achieve a greater good, like the stamping out of crime. Some governments, some governments curtail freedoms and human rights as an end in itself. Many governments, many states, particularly during the 20th century, have done just that. They've curtailed freedom and human rights as an end in itself. We in Australia are fortunate to have governments 
which might on occasion curtail freedom and human rights. That's true. I think we'd all accept that. But only as a mean to a laudable end. And even then, have striven to maintain the right balance between the means and the ends. And that's the perpetual conundrum, of course, acting Deputy President of Democracy. It's not an easy balance, but it's one we have to strive for. While the Coalition does support the bill, it's a shame that the Government did not have more regard to the recommendations of the Joint Select Committee on Cyber Safety or to the detailed submission of the Law Council and others. Acting Deputy President, none of us should ever cease trying to get the balance uh, just right. Senator Brett Mason from the 12th of August 2012. My thanks to the Broadcasting Unit of the Department of Parliamentary Services. That was a Corrupted Nerds Extra. You can find a transcript and links and full credits at CorruptedNerds.com along with RSS feeds so you can subscribe. You can also leave a comment, which would be nice. And hey, why don't you spread the word? I'm Still Gerian. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.